0: I'm Kimberly Amici. Welcome to the Build Your Best Family podcast. This is a practical show to help you imagine, plan, and build your best family. We believe that the secret to having a happy family is not being perfect, but having purpose. Each week, I'll be sharing with you lessons I've learned and conversations I've had that will help you become who you want to be together. Putting pressure on something exposes its weaknesses, This doesn't just apply to physical things, it applies to relationships too. This past year has put a lot of pressure on many of our marriages, and as a result, it's highlighted some of the areas that aren't as strong as we thought they were. It can be frustrating and even sad when this happens, but all is not lost. It can actually be a great opportunity to identify where we can get to work and shore up those weak places. It can be the catalyst for us to take ownership of where we're at and then choose to invest in our marriage. This week's guest, Melissa Clark, is a licensed professional counselor who believes that even though marriage is work, it doesn't mean that it has to be hard. She's here to share with us five tips that when done on a regular basis will create an atmosphere for a healthier, more satisfying, and stronger relationship. Speaking of marriage, there's still time to register for the Wives of Integrity online conference. It's happening all this week, May 10th through 14th. I'm speaking at it along with some incredible women that you will want to hear from. So if you're looking to be encouraged and get more practical tips for your marriage, head over to the show notes and sign up. Today, I'm talking with Melissa Clark. Melissa graduated with a master's in counseling and biblical studies from Grace University. She received her undergraduate degree in psychology with a minor in social work from Southwest Texas State University. She is licensed in the state of Texas as a licensed professional counselor supervisor. In addition to counseling, Melissa created Date Night Success, a digital monthly download helping couples play, pray, and talk with each other. She also hosts a podcast called Thrive, Mental Health and the Art of Living Free, where she discusses mental health topics from a Christian perspective. Melissa and her husband live in the Dallas area with their son and daughter. Welcome, Melissa. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. All right. So a question that we ask all of our guests, and I'm going to ask you is, what is your family known for?
1: You know, it sounds like such an easy question, but I really, uh, that's a hard question. And so I would hope that our family is known for kindness. And the way that we're known for kindness, I would hope is that we don't take ourselves too seriously. And so I think that kind of frees us up to be fun. Although I don't know if uh, my kids would say that there's no telling what they would say that but I would hope that we would be known for kindness. Yeah.
0: And what is it that like, you like to do together? What is it that people know when they spend time with you, come to your house or hang out with you, what they're going to get?
1: We're going to eat. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to sit around and talk. We're going to laugh. We love playing games, watching movies. I really value relaxing. And mm-hmm. at the same time, I really value adventure. Mm-hmm. And so we'd love to take a lot of trips and vacations and, and so it's fun just to tell stories and to mm-hmm. reminisce and just to spend time with our immediate family as well as our extended family.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. Okay. So you're here to talk to us today about marriage. And I've had a lot of people on the podcast recently talk about marriage because I do think that, especially for me, what I'm finding is that this pandemic has exposed the areas in my marriage that aren't as strong as I thought they were. Some of these things that I assumed would happen when we went into lockdown mode did not happen. And so it's been interesting. It's been eye-opening and I'm sure I'm not the only one. So I did want to come on here and have more people talk specifically about marriage because I know a strong marriage makes a strong family. So am I the only one who's experiencing this or have you realized this with your clients as well?
1: No, and it's so sad because I think a lot of us initially, and we're coming up on the year anniversary as we're recording this today Mm -hmm. of when our lives began to really change rapidly. And I know for a lot of people, they thought it was going to be like really fun, watch movies, play puzzles and games. And I think there was like this initial, like really this like, oh, this novelty or honeymoon phase with it. Mm -hmm. But what we found is through economic downturn, political divide, friendships going awry, family splitting. I mean, it's been a really, really hard year. And whenever we encounter crisis, we typically withdraw. Mm -hmm. And not only do we withdraw, we tend to numb and medicate. And so pornography use is on the rise. Alcohol use is on the rise. You know, eating too much, just really getting out of healthy habits and Mm -hmm. patterns. I love, we've been married for almost 19 years. We're about to celebrate our 19th anniversary. And we love spending time together. But my goodness, that's, a, it was, it's a lot of alone time. It's a lot of together time and not enough alone time. Mm. And so whenever we are spending everything underneath these four walls, it can get a bit crowded and cramped. And so personally, I know for myself, I experienced a lot of anxiety with the pandemic. And whenever I experience anxiety, I tend to withdraw and begin to imagine the worst. And that can lead me to feel very disconnected. And when we're disconnected, it's so much easier for conflict to come up. Yeah. And so, definitely, I saw that within myself and, and our marriage, just it, it was tense. There's mm-hmm. a lot of tension involved with the pandemic.
0: Yeah. So, you have a resource that I would love to unpack with you. I called the five ways to strengthen your marriage because I think that we all could use a little bit of this in our marriage, yes. in our lives for sure. So let's start off and go through go through these with us. What's number one?
1: The first one is the power of presence. Our bodies, God made our bodies to connect with one another. And so just by being room to room, or not room to room, but side by side, holding cans, eye contact, mm-hmm. this is going to allow your body to feel more relaxed and to release certain chemicals that bring connection. And that's the way God designed our bodies is Mm -hmm. to connect. And so there's this idea that simply being present together really facilitates connection. Mm -hmm. It's interesting as a clinician, whenever I meet with couples, how many couples say like, we don't spend any time together. They don't eat dinner together. They don't have activities together. They live completely separate lives. Mm -hmm. And and I, I get that because we don't always share the same hobbies or interests as our spouse, but, you know, we have our, we have ourselves to give. And so whenever I'm super tired and I have no words, I know that my husband's love language is touch and time. And so I will like literally just sit on the couch with them with no words. We'll hold hands. I'll put my hand on a head on a shoulder and just be together. So that power of presence really mm-hmm. says, I'm here. I value you. I see you. And I want to connect with you, but I may not have a lot of energy to connect because the reality is most of us are pretty drained and depleted. Mm -hmm. And the pandemic, like you said, revealed a lot of insecurities, weak spots within ourselves. And we tend to withdraw. And so just that power of presence really can bring greater connection with ourselves and with our kids. Like with the Mm -hmm. pandemic, I learned I can't do, I'm not like a, I'm not a homeschool mom. God bless, you know, all the teachers out there, but that is not me. And so what are the ways that I could connect with my family? What are the ways that I can be myself, have fun with them, intentionally pour into them? And so really thinking about what are the ways I can be present with them? There's some things that is not within my wheelhouse, but there's a lot of things that are mm-hmm. so intentionally crafting, like, here's what I like, here's what I'm good at. And here's how I can invest in them to create meaningful memories and pour into them has been incredibly helpful and so that's the power of presence both in our marriage and in our families
0: yeah I think what happens is that we think well we're together all the time but that's not the same as presence Mm -hmm. you know like when my husband and I first started dating we were long distance and so I would often tell friends how amazing it was because all the time that we spent together was so intentional versus having like the boyfriend that lived down the street where like after the first two dates you're just sitting on the couch watching tv every time you get together Mm -hmm. right like there was a not a sense of urgency, but there was an intentionality around what we did together because we had to travel to be with one another. And so I find that it's so funny during this pandemic, I am with my husband in the same house all day, <laughs> yes. but that doesn't mean I'm present with him. So I want uh-huh. to make that a priority and know that there's a difference mm-hmm. for
1: sure. Yeah. And so that could just be like a 10 minute talking time together, praying together, reading a book together just doing small things together, really, it does add up super yeah. cheesy, but I call it a love bank. Mm-hmm. And the more deposits you put in that love bank, then it can really withstand withdrawals. But if we're not yeah. putting anything in, whenever conflict happens, and you're taking something out, that's when, you know, they can become pretty devastating for a relationship.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. All right. So what's number two? Number two is remember what matters. We cannot die on every hill that we have. And so really trying to figure out what do you value and how can I really put language around why that matters and how can we create a life of intentionality of what does matter? And so you can look up a value sort test to really figure out what your values are. For me, to give you an example, my values are faith, family, and fun. They're all F's because that helps me to remember them. I I love (laughs) alliteration. And so I know for me, like my faith is paramount. And so we try to center our lives around faith. We try to center our lives around family and Mm -hmm. and fun. Mm -hmm. And so when you know what matters, it helps you to... Create language that way your spouse knows that like, hey, this maybe maybe aesthetics really matter to you. And so the house needs to stay clean, like maybe that's like one of your things that you really value. And so whenever you know what matters helps to create a commonality. Mm-hmm. and coming together. And, and that's why I call it living a values-driven life, like really knowing what you value and allowing mm-hmm. that for you and your spouse to come together. I believe that God has created us with things to do. And when we power together, it really helps us to ha- have more power and togetherness in our kingdom impact. And so mm-hmm. remember what matters. Because if for me, like I would love for the kitchen to be clean all the time that's not really what my, one of my key values are. So it really helps me to let a lot of things go. If, if the kids' mm-hmm. rooms are a mess, I would love for everything to be tidy all the time, but that's not really what my value is for us to have a, kind for us to be kind together. Yeah. And so how can I cultivate kindness in a way that I don't want my house to look like a tornado. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But but I don't have to like get it all been out of shape of all these different things mm-hmm. because my values help to kind of keep me anchored and moving forward.
0: Yeah. You know, like we the work I do, a lot of it is around identifying your family's values. But Good. I do think it's important to keep in mind our individual values, meaning mm-hmm. that like there are things, like you said, that matter to my spouse that don't necessarily matter to me. And right. that's not a bad thing.
1: Well, to,
0: he gets upset. He's like, they should be important to you. I'm it's like, a great, it's actually a
1: great thing because if we were all the same, how yeah. boring would that be? Like God made us so different for a reason yeah. and to complement each other. So your value when or your strengths and his weaknesses are likely to go together. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, yeah, I know my husband would like us to be all the, the same too, but I'm like, no, that'd be yeah. boring. Like it's good yeah. for us to be different. And how can we use language as a way to communicate those differences and bring it together. Yeah. Even my my body language, I just noticed like it's a braiding. So it's like, <laughs> let's come together
0: but it's also like the currency with which we judge things. Like my husband's really into things getting done efficiently and I'm okay with something taking longer if I'm doing it with somebody because I feel like it's a relational experience. And so having to like remember that that's what's important to him and then having to remind him with language that's around values and not around behavior, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. saying, this is what's really important to me. I care about this. And it just allows you to have a much different conversation than, you know,
1: I don't want to do it your way. <laughs> exactly. I think we don't spend enough time in dating mm-hmm. before a marriage to really understand here's who I am. Mm-hmm. Here's who God has made you to be. And how can we come together and compliment mm-hmm. each other? Because I think you hear a lot about compromising. But instead of compromising, I really encourage couples to compliment each other. Let's mm-hmm. come together with what you value, with what I value. Because probably our values are pretty inherent to who we are. And I think the mm-hmm. things that are inherent to us actually come from God. We didn't go into a factory and, and and pick out these different things. I believe it's kind of woven within our DNA and who God made us to be. Mm-hmm. So how can we celebrate these these amazing masterpieces that God has made us to be together? And that's mm-hmm. what I think is the beautiful part about marriage, if we allow it, It's really a coming together Mm -hmm. versus a divvying out, Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah,
0: I did the Mrs. Better Half Bible study. And one of the things that she asked us to do, Holly Furtick, was to say, ask your spouse, what are three things that you need to do, not necessarily for them, but like, what are the three things that they feel like could be done every day that would make your just home- a better place. And that's another way. Cause if I were to ask my husband, what are your values? He might not be able to articulate it, but if I mm-hmm. said, what are the three things, especially now that we're all under the same roof all the time, what are the three things that really stand out to you is needing to be taken care of or needing to be addressed or that you care about just so I can be aware of it and be on top of it. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. they'd be definitely be able to answer that
1: question and it would help me. And I think it would avoid some friction as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good communication is key. It's about Mm -hmm. describing and and I call it meta communication, communicating about the communication. Mm -hmm. And the more you communicate clearly and kindly, it really does help to eliminate conflict and live with greater intentionality. Yeah. All right. So what's number three? Number three is give respect. And this one's really, uh, it's for men and women, but largely for men. And so Emerson Egrick, I'm not sure if that's how you say his name, but he's kind of like that love and respect guy. And he mm-hmm. says that he found that a husband needs respect just as much as he needs air to breathe. And he even says in the Bible that, that, that men need respect and women need love. And so some very simple ways to create a culture of respect is by listening to what your partner has to say, putting your phone down and just simply giving eye, eye contact. It's amazing what that can do just to give eye contact that says, I see you. I value you. I'm here. Mm -hmm. We live in an incredibly distracted world and we may not realize that we're looking at our phones while talking, but that's actually Mm -hmm. a sign of disrespect. So some simple ways to show respect is by by prioritizing the relationship, putting the phone away, speaking words of affirmation, Mm -hmm. not all men, but a lot of men, their love language is words of affirmation. Saying thank you. I appreciate that. I see you. Because men largely, I, I believe they really do try. But the way that they're trying and the way women want to be tried is often different. And so, you know, whenever I am having a frustration with my spouse, I will often say, I know you probably don't mean it this way, but I am hearing you say this. And that really bothers me because of blank. And he'll be like, Oh, wow. I never, I never really meant it to sound that way. I I'm so sorry, blah, blah, blah. But just by approaching him in that respectful tone, it really does help to eliminate conflict. Mm -hmm. It helps to eliminate defensiveness. And so having what John Gottman calls a gentle startup really makes a huge difference. And so I really believe that if we could live with more respect and love, it really has the potential of changing our families in such a profound way. And it's such a small thing. Like everything that I, I'm a very practical person. I'm all about like small changes, like life hack videos. I'll watch those like all day long. Like anything (laughs) that like makes things like, like your husband a little bit more strategic, a shortcut. Mm -hmm. I'm all Mm -hmm. about that. Mm -hmm. So I've really thought about like, what are some systematic ways of how God has created us? Like what does science say? what have I experienced in my own life and in my own upbringing and with my clients? And like, how can we make some really big changes in small ways? And and just by speaking words of kindness. And if you think about it, like that's what God does for us. He speaks words of kindness Mm -hmm. over us. And having that respect, I believe almost like a airing out the, like when you open up the windows and air things out, that's what respect does. It just creates a, Mm -hmm. a breath of fresh air That makes it a little bit easier to to be there.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's simple things that we can do to show respect. I know, like, I'm sure there's some people that hear that word and they bristle because it's probably Mm -hmm. been misused. Totally. Um, But there are some simple things that we can do. Yeah. And the putting down the phone, the making eye contact, that even like, you know, turning your body towards them to say, yeah. okay, you have my attention. I mean, even today yeah, my husband but... was trying to talk to me about something and I'm like, not looking at him, <laughs> and I'm trying to mm-hmm. help him understand that I have a deadline and that it needs to get done. But yeah, but putting things down, turning, I mean, those are just things we can do that aren't loaded, that don't need to
1: carry anything with them that it doesn't need to. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and to say, to state your boundary, I have a deadline. I'm so sorry. I wish I could talk to you right now, but I can't. I hate saying no. Ooh. I know. So I have a rule, like when my door is closed, then that means like, don't talk to me. It's, mm-hmm. it's closed. And if it's open and if I'm working, say, like, hey, is it a good time to talk? because I, that was a source of conflict for us because we are here all the time, but that doesn't mean that I'm available, mm-hmm. but it, so it's up to me to communicate that in a kind way. Yeah. And I, I agree with you that respect has been very misused. And so that's why all of my content says this is intended for relationships mm-hmm. that don't have physical, emotional, or spiritual abuse. Yeah because there is a lot of words and the Bible itself has been used to give permission towards abuse. And I in Mm -hmm. no way want to be a part of that. And so this is intended for healthy-ish relationships, right? Because all of our relationships have have the ability to get a little bit healthier. Yes, for sure. Okay. So that was three, right? We're on four. We are on four, which is engage in conversations purposefully. And this kind of goes to your point that we talked about with, the power of presence, mm-hmm. is to create times of meaningful conversation. I love being able to just sit on the couch and watch a TV show. I think that's great. Holding hands, snuggling, cuddling. I think that's sometimes that's all I have to give. But we also need to create meaningful conversations around things of the, what we value. And so that might look like having a conversation around money. Money is a big part of our lives. So how are you moving forward together, living purposefully with money, time, family? So engaging these really big topics, you don't have to do it every day, but my husband and I have a practice of every Sunday, we sit down together for about an hour, we go over our budget, we go over like, here's what's going on in our quiet times. Here's, here's the frustration I'm having with the kids and just systematically laying things out because that really does help to clear things out for the coming week. Mm -hmm. Because I found if we don't do that, then I'll be like, oh yeah, I meant to tell him this. And then another week rolls by, another week rolls by. And then lo and behold, it's April 15th and we haven't talked about our taxes at all, (laughs) for example, you know what I mean? And I'm stressed out and he's stressed out and I'm mad at him and I'm blaming him. And so just engaging in things purposefully and kind of, I call it clearing the cash. Mm-hmm. clearing things out really can help you to live with greater intention yeah and to free yourself up to create memories i believe that god created our marriage as one of our most meaningful satisfying relationships you look at the the you know in the song of solomon it's all about like love and passion and if we don't take care of ourselves if we don't take care of our families we're not going to have space for this love and passion and togetherness mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so meaningful conversations help us to Create space for that. And so some simple ways to get this going is like we've talked about giving eye contact, using eye statements. I am feeling worried about blah, blah, blah because of X, Y, and Z. So really setting yourself up for success because a lot of couples I work with, if they have meaningful conversation, it often turns into a fight. Because money, family, faith, these can be really big, you know, hot, hot button issues. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so in my download that you can get for free, because I try and give away as much content as I can for free. I kind of outline this for you different systematic ways to to create meaningful conversation.
0: Yeah, that's good. Yeah, just the other day I mentioned something, and my husband was like, "You didn't tell me that." I'm like, "What do you mean I didn't tell you that?" (laughs) I'm like, "It was weeks ago I found out about that." He's like, Mm -hmm. "Really?" I'm like, "Well, you know, we, you know,
1: whatever." (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. You don't want that to be the norm for sure.
1: No. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, so we we like every morning we say like, "Hey, what do you have going on today?" Mm -hmm. And we literally go through our schedule. I mean, it's kind of tedious. Mm -hmm. I don't enjoy it but it helps us to be on the same page. Like who's picking up the kids today? Who's doing what? Do you have a, do you have a big meeting? Like, how can I support you? Yeah. And so sometimes just having like that five minutes of grown up time really Mm -hmm. frees you up to where you don't have to like live in adulting bait, you know, an adulting mindset the whole day long.
0: Yeah. Well we regularly do a family business meeting on Sundays right after church. And that's when we discuss the schedule with the kids and who wants what for dinner. And what are we thinking about doing next month? And, that's been fantastic. And I, but we're not as diligent when it comes to just the two of us catching up and we've had different seasons where we're better. I think the weekends do lend themselves to sort of that lingering, having those types of conversations, but my husband picked up a hobby biking. And so he wants to go out biking on Saturday morning. So there (laughs) goes, so we have to be intentional about finding another time when that works and not letting life sort of eliminate what could be really, really useful to us. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: I find that most of us have the time. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of taking the time. Most of us have the money. It's about creating space for our money to work for us. And Mm -hmm. so I often look at time and money very similarly. We get 168 hours or dollars a week. And how are we going to spend those those hours? Well, yeah, and so it doesn't take a lot of time. And but that having that fifteen minute, thirty minutes of time really can set you up for success for the week, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and really have a lot more impact throughout the year. I think it's yeah. Mark Batterson. He says that we tend to underestimate. Let me think. We tend to overestimate what we can get done in a day, but underestimate what we can get done in the year. Oh yeah, that's good. Yeah, and that's really and good. Creating those meaningful conversations allows us to live with greater impact and purpose. Mm
0: -hmm. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I can see a big difference when we regularly touch base on the weekend and kind of lay things out versus when we don't, for sure. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. All right. So what's number five? The last one is practicing mindfulness. And mindfulness simply means being aware of what you're experiencing when you're experiencing it. Mm -hmm. And now you might be wondering, what does mindfulness have to do with marriage? Think back to your last fight you had with your husband. We, we don't have to get into it, but it was probably about something that was triggered from the past, not from that moment. Mm-hmm. We tend to kind of ruminate and store things up. And then when conflict happens, it all spills out. Mm-hmm. Even think about it with your kids. I have two kids 10 and 13. And so we're definitely like in the teenage phase with one and the preteen phase, my daughter's 10. So 10 year old, 10 year old girls are like, you know, 16 year olds, it seems like. Yeah. And so being mindful says I need to be aware of what I'm feeling, what's mm-hmm. frustrating me in that moment. That way I can deal with it in the moment and not let things pile up.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah, Because
1: I find we, we, we don't want conflict in our home. We don't want another argument. We don't want to get, oh, I don't want to get into that again. And so mm-hmm. we tend to kind of like stuff it down. And then we're not aware of what we're feeling. So again, we tend to drink too much, eat too much, be on our phone too much. Instead, okay, I am feeling frustrated because of this. That makes sense to me because of that. And here's one thing I can do about it. So identifying what you're feeling and why you're feeling that way and validating it really within yourself can help to ground you and be a more positive person to face the frustrations that you're encountering in your home with your spouse, with your kids, Mm -hmm. even within yourself.
0: Yeah. And I think that mindfulness, even in a difficult conversation with your spouse, allows you to articulate what you need to articulate in order to diffuse the situation, to take, to tuck yourself off the ledge and then convey to your spouse, Hey, this is what's going on underneath the surface. And that'll give them Mm -hmm. an understanding, Mm -hmm. you know, because oftentimes my husband will be like, I just don't understand how you think that, like why you think that way or how you think that way, but like being Mm -hmm. able to articulate it and kind of draw the line between Mm -hmm. the things that have gotten us to feeling the way we feel are important. I don't know if that mm-hmm. was clear, but.
1: <laughs> oh, it's so clear. Yeah. And I'm all into the brain science. Like I said, I'm a very practical, tangible person. And so mm-hmm. studying how God designed our brains really makes a difference. Yeah. So what you're talking about is using your more of your front part of your brain. Mm-hmm. And when we're in conflict, we tend to use the back part of our brain. Mm-hmm. And so when, if we could be mindful, meaning just slowing down, Taking a deep breath, re regulating our bodies. Uh, researchers have found if our heart rate goes above 95 beats per minute, we're likely to get in fight, flight, or freeze mode. Hmm. Fight, flight, or freeze mode is no time to have a logical conversation. Right. Tensions are going to be high. And what's interesting is when tensions are super high like that, our hippocampus, which is responsible for memory, shuts down.
0: Oh. And so that's
1: why oftentimes, <laughs> like, you don't even have memory of the fight or what was even said. Yeah. Oh my gosh! You know what? They should
0: have an app on the Apple Watch that like indicates when your heart rate goes high, so that it beeps uh-huh. and then you know to abort the conversation. Totally. <laughs> right
1: with a uh, Gottman <laughs> therapist who who I've been trained with, I don't do this, but they actually wear pulse ox the pulse oximeter. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Things, and so anytime it goes above ninety five, they stop the session and breathe. And so I I do it with nonverbal cues. You can kind of right. tell your t- your face can get red. <laughs> You know your fist <laughs> tight, and but yeah, taking that breath and slowing down. Yeah, remembering that you like this person. Remembering that you love this person. Remembering that like they're probably for you and not against you. That mm-hmm. they probably are. There's a misunderstanding somewhere. Something went sideways. Believing the mm-hmm. best in them. Mm -hmm. instead of assuming the worst, that, that takes a lot of this part of our brain Yeah, and mindfulness allows us to get there. Mm -hmm. And so they found that if you meditate and you don't have to do anything like weird meditation, but like even just meditating on the Bible for, I think it's 12 minutes a day for eight weeks actually improves that good thinking part of our brain. Oh, wow. Creates more of that space, the gray matter. So God literally wired our brains to be slow, to be thoughtful and to be able to regulate. And so Mm -hmm. that's what I've tried to do with couples and within my own marriage is how can I pay attention to brain science in a Mm -hmm. way that really facilitates connection?
0: Yeah. I love that. And a real quick question. So the more you do it to the, is it, is it easier? Does it get easier?
1: Okay. Yes. I'm a terrible meditator. I, it's hard for me to silence my brain, but really what I, what I'll do is go for a walk Mm -hmm. and walk really slow Mm -hmm. and it's called mindful immersion. Just kind of paying attention to the clouds, paying attention to the leaves, Mm -hmm. you know, just breathing in, breathing out, just kind of creating that space. And then Mm -hmm. that way, whenever I'm at home, I've trained my body to create those grooves or pathways towards being slow and slowing down. Mm -hmm. And so I breathe, my body remembers that and it's more likely to relax and I'm able to engage in a meaningful conversation or a tough Mm -hmm. conversation without being reactionary. Because that's what happens when we're in the, The lower part of our brain, we react versus respond.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, that's good. Oh, I feel like that was a bonus. A little extra nerdy. I love (laughs)
1: love that that nerdy.
0: (laughs) So do I. Okay. So let's talk about date night success. It's something that you Mm -hmm. offer for couples. And I have a feeling that that will strengthen our marriage as well. So tell us more about it.
1: Yeah. So date night success was created during the pandemic. I saw, you know, I saw so many friends getting divorced people I follow getting divorced. and my heart really hurt for couples. And uh, as a clinician, a lot of people can't afford to go to counseling. Mm-hmm. That's just the reality. it's expensive. Mm-hmm. And I, and I hate that. I wish it was more accessible. And I try and mm-hmm. make my rates as low as I can to allow more space for people, because I understand what that's like mm-hmm. um, to not be able to afford services. And so I was, praying and, and really thinking and and talking to God about it. Like, how can I help couples to connect with each other? I, as you, I've alluded to, I love fun. I love creating memories. I like having adventures. The more pictures, the better slideshows. Yes. I like all of that. And so how could I help couples to create meaningful interactions with each other? And that's where date night success was born. Mm-hmm. The, the goal is to get couples playing praying and talking with each other. Mm-hmm. I stumbled across some research that said, you know, current statistics of divorce rates kind of vary, but just as a, as a easy point, 50% of people get divorced. Mm-hmm. Some people think it's a little bit lower than that, but let's just say 50%. But a Gallup study found that if couples pray together, they have a one in 1500 chance of getting divorced. Oh, Wow. Now, statistically, I think it's like a 90% chance of not getting divorced mm-hmm. if you pray together, mm-hmm. but only 4% of couples are praying together. Wow. So I couldn't have like a prayer meeting. Nobody would want to sign up for that. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up in a pretty Pentecostal church growing up. Yeah. I, nobody wants that. No, no. <laughs> so, uh, State night in church. I, <laughs> Nobody wants that. But how can we create, and nobody wants a counseling session, right? We don't want to like interrogate each other during our our date nights, but how can we, so I have a a activity table conversation and a prayer Mm -hmm. and all of this goes together. For example, the very first download that you'll get is all about creating vision. I'm all about vision Mm -hmm. because I think that helps us to live with greater purpose and passion and focus. And so you'll do a vision board together. And it's all done online. And then you'll talk about your vision and then you'll pray about your vision. So it all goes together. And then they're supporting things to do out before your date and after your date. So it's really a month of intentionality Mm -hmm. that's supposed to be fun, but praying together and talking with each other. Cause most couples don't know how to talk to each other. They don't know how to pray together and they really don't know how to have fun together. And so that's Date Night Success. And so it's available. I, again, I try to make it as economical as possible. It's only $10 a month. And with that, you'll get a curated experience designed by me, a Christian mm-hmm. licensed professional counselor.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. And I'm sure it is well worth the investment just to having that, I not know this decision's made for you, but have a plan. You know, like yeah. I was just telling my daughter this morning um, as I was trying to figure out what to make for breakfast yet again. I'm like, if we just have a menu plan, then it, it relieves so much of that anxiety because I mm-hmm. get up and I know what we're going to do. And I think that I'm, and I even think of like my husband and some of our dates and we've spent more time trying to figure out what to do. Yep. Discussing it. What are you in the mood for? I don't know. What are you in the mood for? What do you want to do? I don't like, mm-hmm. I think that that is priceless to be able to eliminate all that. And it just sets you up for success when you do spend time together for sure. Mm-hmm.
1: So you can go to date night and like I said, I I want to give it away. Like basically, like I want people to use it to see if they like it. And so you can use code free trial and you can get a free month and see if you like it. If you don't like it, cancel it, be, you know, move on. Yes. You know, there's a lot of ideas you can have. You can go to Pinterest for ideas. And so it's not just the idea, but it really is this, this guided plan mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of having the activity, having something meaningful to talk with each other about. And then having something to pray about. It was interesting. I just went on uh, my Google analytics today and I was very surprised that the, the majority of people who visited date night success over the past couple of weeks have been men. Oh, and I love that. And I think this is really designed with a man in mind because yeah. men don't always have all the verbal you know words to put mm-hmm. around it. Some men are super verbal, so I'm not stereotyping, but a lot mm-hmm. of men need a little bit of help. Because we have not trained our men of how to communicate well, mm-hmm. of how to experience the, the range of emotion that God mm-hmm. has given all of us, men and women. Mm-hmm. And so I was very pleasantly surprised to see that the majority of people on Checking It Out have been men.
0: Oh, that's good. That's mm-hmm. encouraging. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, yay, gosh, make sure my husband listens to this episode. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I've had a lot of favorable response from men because they they want, they want to engage. They want to be connected, Mm -hmm. but we don't always know how, Mm -hmm. and we don't always know what to do.
0: Yeah. And, and I think women, we tend to not always articulate what we want. And so we want them to figure it out, Mm -hmm. which isn't necessarily a good practice, but (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's a lot of pressure on them. And this is probably really helpful for them
1: yeah, you think about like The Bachelor romantic comedies. I think we want the feeling mm-hmm. uh, and but that feeling is often not really realistic, and it's yeah. often an illusion and so, mm-hmm. how can we create a love story? and so that's one of the ideas down the road is to create a, a digital love story that you'll build upon every month, and that way, at the end of the year, you'll have twelve amazing experiences to look mm-hmm. back on mm-hmm. oh, so that's, that's in crazy. the
0: works. oh, mm-hmm. I'm excited for that. You'll have yeah. to come back on when that's ready, yes. All right, well, thank you so much for being with us today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: You can find Melissa at date night success.com. She's also at melissaclarkcounseling.com. You can find her on Instagram and Facebook as Melissa Clark Counseling and as Date Night Success. I'll link to all of this in the show notes. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. If so, I'd like to ask a favor. Can you head over to iTunes and leave a review? Besides sharing this episode with your friends, leaving a review is one of the most effective ways you can support us and help get the word out about the incredible resources we have to offer. I'm passionate about helping families thrive and your reviews help families find us. Remember, family culture is not about perfect, it's about purpose.